You're now listening to the Lawn Care Evolution Podcast. We focus on product reviews, special guest interviews, family, and best business practices. Evolving the lawn care industry one episode at a time. Now, here's your host, TJ Cheslick. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the second episode of the Lawn Care Evolution podcast. As always, I'm your host, TJ Cheslick, and today we're going to talk a little bit about um, LLCs, commercial auto insurance versus personal auto insurance, general liability insurance for business, and snowplow insurance, and then maybe um, a little bit about like what uh, my startup cost was for my business. Um, so we'll just jump right into it. Uh, we're going to start talking about LLCs. So what is an LLC? Um, so an LLC stands for a limited liability company and it provides limited liability protection for your business. So that means your personal assets like your car, your house, your bank account, they're all prove- protected in the event your business is sued or if it defaults on a debt. Um, lawn care businesses specifically though will benefit from liability protection because of the high risk associated with operating a lawn care service. So obviously you all know as well as I do that it's easy to drive a mower past a window or um, trim, you know, next to a rock bed and fling rocks or debris or whatever in the direction of the window. We break somebody's window, then they want to sue us, um, not just for damages, but because we were negligent or because they, you know, and let's be honest, in this climate, everybody's kind of sue hungry. So they just sue us because they want to try to get some extra money out of us. So a limited liability protection or limited liability company will protect your business or your personal assets um, from being wrapped up in that lawsuit. So um, it the limited liability company really differentiates your business from your personal business. So for me, Cheslick Lawn Care is completely different than all of my personal um, finances, assets, you know, etc. So for Michigan, doing a limited liability um, company can be done right online. It literally took me maybe 10 minutes to go through and do. And you just go to the, the LARA, the Licensing and Regulatory Affairs, I believe is what LARA stands for, Michigan website, um, and fill out the paperwork to register your business um, as a limited liability company. Um, and then once it's done, and it, it for me it took not even 24 hours for them to send back my articles of organization um, in my email, and then I get an electronic copy. Um, it was $25 to um, file for the LLC online, and now my business is protected. It was the easiest $25 I've ever spent uh, just because of the the protection that it offers. So if I were you, I would definitely do it. I don't know, though, what that looks like as far as other states, though. I only know the process for Michigan and how you can file with Michigan. So um, like I said, I'm sure every state kind of has some kind of version of LARA, the, the Licensing and Regulatory Affairs Department. <clears throat> I guess more than likely it'd probably be wrapped up into your secretary of state if you don't have um, LARA. But again, I'm not 100% sure. I also just want to point out at this time, too, that um, 
this is not legal advice. I don't sell auto insurance. I don't sell general liability insurance. Um, and everything is just added as basically my opinion um, on all of this stuff going forward, just so um, everybody knows, like, this is this is just my opinion, not professional advice. So, uh, so we'll talk about commercial auto insurance. So this was, this was definitely new for me because I just kind of thought auto insurance was auto insurance. Like you just there, protect your vehicle, protect yourself. If somebody else is uninsured or protect somebody else, um, in the event that you caused the car accident. So I had to do some, to do some digging when I first, um, started my business to figure out what really was the difference between personal auto and commercial auto insurance. And so this is the definition, I guess, that uh, Insurion says um, is the difference between commercial auto and personal auto. So a personal auto policy policy usually covers one person driving their own car, but a commercial policy covers an entire business that can include multiple drivers, multiple vehicles, trucks, and employees with poor driving records. However, commercial auto insurance doesn't have to be expensive. Depends on the specifics of your business. A small business where one or two people drive a company car will have a much lower premium than a big business with a fleet of vehicles and numerous drivers. <clears throat> and then, obviously, things that go into the price that you pay for your commercial auto insurance would be like your industry risks, uh, the types of vehicles, number of vehicles, how often you drive, how far you drive, your driving records, your employee driving records, the types of coverage you want to choose for your vehicles, you know, a lot of the parameters are the same as your personal auto policy. It just gives you the ability to insure multiple drivers um, with, like it says here, you know, poor driving records and multiple different vehicles for different purposes. So for me, this was um, really easy. Actually, it was very, very similar to the price of my personal auto policy. Um signing up for the commercial auto insurance as it was, you know, paying for my personal auto policy. I think it was a little bit more expensive, but, um, the thing, the reason that I really went this route was a, because like I said, it wasn't really that much more expensive, but I had also heard that, uh, insurance company doesn't have to pay out on a insurance policy. If you're driving your personal vehicle for business, because that's not, a part of the insurance policy under your personal auto policy that is is technically covered you should have a commercial auto insurance policy if you're going to drive for business no matter what that is like that that's the same thing that that all of that holds up true for if you're driving for DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber, Uber Eats, if you're delivering packages for Roadie, if you're delivering packages for Amazon, whatever the case is, you're delivering for commerce related purposes so you should have a commercial auto policy because there's a chance that your personal auto policy won't cover if they find out that you're you're driving your vehicle for commerce so that was a big one for me and with it not really being much more expensive like like i literally think it was like 10 to 20 dollars more a month for my auto insurance having commercial auto as opposed to my personal auto for my truck so it was a no-brainer for me um so commercial auto um the, the way that it differs is because you can in, uh, insure your entire business, including your your employees who might have a poor driving record. Um, and if that's the case, maybe you need to take a look at who you're who you're hiring because I'm not sure that I'd want someone driving my vehicle if they didn't have a great driving record, anyways. Um, <clears throat> so another piece of insurance that is typical um, with 
a business owner is general liability insurance for your business. So um, Nationwide has given us some definitions, so we'll just go through... I just want to read the short definition that they have for it. It says, also known as a business liability insurance, general liability insurance protects you and your business from general claims involving bodily injury and property damage. Almost every business has a need for general liability insurance. So this is great because this is going to protect you if you throw a rock through somebody's window and you break their window, obviously, but it's also going to protect you if it, you throw a rock through somebody's window, you break their window, and then you hit them in the head <laughs> with the rock, um, you know, if the off chance they're walking by the window the second that the, the rock goes through the window. Um, general liability typically also covers um, damages that you can incur from bad advertising. So, um, so if you put something out, I guess I don't really have a great example for it. Um, I just know that like my specific policy covers like, um, damages for like advertising, um, social media, like all that kind of stuff too. So, um, so like it's, it's helpful for that. So what it doesn't cover though, general liability is not workman's comp. So it doesn't cover employee injuries. It's obviously not auto insurance. So it doesn't cover auto accidents. Um, it doesn't cover punitive damages. It doesn't cover poor workmanship. And it doesn't cover intentional intentional acts or professional mistakes. So it's not it's not a fail-safe for everything, but again, this is another layer of protection for you and your business. Um, but not only that, there's been a lot of people that have asked to make sure that my business is, is licensed, A, which there's not a license in Michigan to run a lawn care business, and B, if we're insured. Um, I've even had some people ask for references, which... Um, I mean, I just direct them to my Google page where they can look at my reviews because I don't really ask customers for written references. So this is just another layer of protection for your business. Um, that is seriously very, very, um, reasonable. And you know what, now that I'm actually thinking about it, my insurance policy that I pay for um, that was just a little bit more expensive that I was talking about on my truck insurance, um, is my commercial auto insurance, general liability insurance, and my snow operations. So it was only a little bit more expensive having all three of those wrapped together. So yeah, seriously, a no brainer here. There are several companies out there that wanted to charge me an arm and a leg for it. Um, but my, I have a independent agent who ran my information through several companies. And honestly, there's a lot of companies that write it really high in the beginning because you, because especially in my case, I was a new company. So there wasn't, um, I guess a lot of documented experience behind me. Um, so they, they felt that they were taking a bigger risk so that they would, you know, I guess essentially do what a lot of people do in our industry is quote really high because they really didn't want to take me out as a customer. But if I was willing to pay that, then, you know, they were willing to take the money, I guess. But we found, um, a company that was willing to, um, write me for a really reasonable price. So, um, I'm, was very happy with that. So back to general liability insurance, general liability insurance and commercial auto insurance though, is not necessarily a coverall for your business if you run snow removal operations. So general liability insurance um, 
typically has a clause written in it that it omits snow removal operations. That it that just because you have general liability doesn't mean that you are covered for damages caused by running your snow removal operations. And this is where I <clears throat> had to learn about this, I guess, because when I got my general liability insurance policy, I thought I was good to go. I was like, yeah, this is it. My business is all set. I'm good to go for winter. I'm good to go for the summer. You know, not that I was planning on throwing a rock through somebody's window or running my plow through somebody's garage door, but um, it was definitely a sigh of relief when the policy was finally written because then I, you know, I felt a that I was a um, more legitimate business because I was able to provide the the insurance if somebody asked for it. Um, and then I was also protected. So because I know that I don't have 10 or 15 or $20,000 to pull out of my pocket to pay for someone's garage door that I, you know, ran my plow through or even somebody's really expensive window that I throw a rock through on accident. So general liability insurance, I thought was, was cover all for everything. Um, and I found out that it wasn't <clears throat> and we had to re-quote re through different insurance companies because that's when they, they, they really tried to charge me a lot of money was um, putting snow removal operations on there. And then we ended up getting um, a company who did commercial auto, the general liability, and the snow operations um, for a really good price. So <clears throat> that's uh, that's the next thing we're going to talk about, snowplow insurance. So um, like I said, snowplow insurance is typically omitted from your general liability insurance policy, um, and you have to specifically ask and have that quoted and, and um, a clause added into your general liability insurance policy in order for it to be covered. I had to fill out like a, I don't know, five to seven page like application or whatever, just to quote, just the snow removal operation portions of it. And they wanted to know like my revenue and which wasn't really like a, a big deciding factor according to the insurance agent. That wasn't like a huge part of it, but they wanted to know um, what my experience level was. And um, obviously the equipment that I had um, and like how many customers I had, how many of those customers were commercial, how many were residential and like the percentage of commercial versus residential that I do for snow removal operations. So, <clears throat> so I filled all that stuff out, got it turned in, quoted for the snow operations and then got it added. So it's still a pretty quick, um, process, but, um, in terms of like the actual snow plow insurance or the snow operations insurance, you might think like, well, why do I need, I have general liability insurance policy. Well, like one, I said, it's not typically covered under a general liability policy. So if you're under the impression that your insurance is, I guess that could be the case, but you might want to double check and just be sure because according to my insurance agent, typically there's a clause in every general liability insurance policy specifically for our industry um, that says snow removal operations isn't included. Um, two, it adds credibility. Like I said, now when there I, since I've gotten more contracts this season um, for snow removal specifically, there's been a, several customers of mine that have asked if um, I can provide them with like proof of like insurance basically. And that was more so the commercial customers that I quoted, but I did have a couple of residential customers ask. Um, and obviously you can have, and an, the insurance policy can be designed to like whatever vehicle or vehicles, plows, whatever that you run 
So like we just have one truck and one plow and then we do a snowblower shovel and then we have a <clears throat> salt spreader that we push um, for the sidewalks and the driveways. And then um, obviously it doesn't seem like it's a cost saving thing, but it really is because if, like I said, most small businesses, especially if you're starting a lawn care business um, and you're just starting out, maybe this is your first season. I know that I sure didn't have, and I still don't have, you know, the five, ten, or twenty thousand dollars to pull out to repair something that I broke while I was, um, while I was was plowing. <clears throat> so I will say, along with this too, another thing that I have all of my customers do is sign a liability release. Um, it's not required by my insurance. I tell my customers that it is required by my insurance because typically they're just like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but I have them all sign a liability re release and it basically says, well, I'll just run through a real quick highlight of my um, liability release here. And then, you know, really if, if someone wants to get a copy of it and just kind of see what I have everybody sign, um, you can reach out to me um, using the information, the snow, the show notes, and I will, I'd be happy to send you a blank copy of this so you can implement what you want or implement all of it or don't implement any of it and just kind of see what I do. But um, I do basic contact information or basic demographics. So the homeowner name, address, phone number, their email address. And then I have a small section where I put the annual rate. Is it going to be per event or are they prepaying for the whole season? And then the removal covered um, and it's always driveway and sidewalk. And then I specify if it's salt or no salt. Um, in the guidelines, I have six bullet points, and I'll just read them quickly. Uh, the first one says the area to be cleared will be paved residential driveway from the street to a safe distance from any structures. Driveways will be cleared once per 24 hours uh, when driveway snow depths reach approximately two inches. Plowing times are dependent on snow accumulations and may vary from day to day. Snow is plowed to and stored at on-site locations. Though we accept responsibility for damages caused by driver air, Chessick Lawn Care is not responsible for damages to unseen or unmarked objects or driveways which are unable to withstand normal snow removal operations, which is a huge thing. <clears throat> this is like one of the biggest things where like it really starts talking about like the release of liability. And obviously, this isn't a fail-safe. Even if they sign this, they could still try to take you to court. And I guess there's even a chance that they would win. And that's where like your general liability insurance would come in and stuff um, and help protect you in that instance. But this this is just another again another layer of protection to protect you and your business so if they leave something in the driveway um <clears throat> and then it gets covered with three or four or five inches of snow and i don't see it and i run it over with the plow that's not my fault they know that once it hits two inches i'm going to be out with my equipment to remove the snow per this agreement that we have so they should be removing that stuff also when i call and quote them or when I go out to quote them when they call me I let them know that I am going to be plowing their driveway and I'll be snow blowing their sidewalk at that point if they feel that their driveway or their sidewalks can't maintain or they can't withstand the pressure that the plow has or the snow blower for whatever reason then they get to make that decision but if they sign this agreement they're saying we know that if you know, I have a blacktop driveway that's in really poor condition and you plow it and chunks of the blacktop come up, you know, as you're plowing it. That's my fault because I knew that my driveway was in a bad situation. 
to begin with. So I think that's a big thing so that we can't just say that we were negligent. They can't just say that we were negligent and damaged their driveway. <clears throat> so anyways, uh, number four, the fourth bullet point, owners, tenants, guests, or any other present party will not hold Chestnut Lawn Care LLC responsible for any accidents which occur on or around the driveway before, during, or after snow removal, which do not directly involve our equipment. So essentially, this is also, again, they could still technically sue us if they wanted to, because you can really sue for anything in, in our country. But <clears throat> this is another layer of protection to remove liability from us if someone slips or falls or trips over the snow pile or on the ice or whatever the case is after we've done or you know there's a snow event and we haven't come out yet to remove the snow it is another layer to remove us from liability in that case like someone gets hurt um, which is obviously i think a lot more likely than me plowing someone's driveway and tearing up pieces of blacktop or um, concrete so i every one of my um, customers has to sign this agreement if they don't sign this agreement i will not provide service and for these two bullet points, um, those are the two biggest bullet points on this, I think, personally, to me. I Obviously, the other ones are important, too. That's why they're on here. But those are the two biggest ones. Number five says, owners, tenants, guests, etc. agree not to place any obstacles in or alongside of the driveway. If obstacles are present, Chesapeake Lawn Care will not plow that portion of the driveway. Owners, tenants, etc. should snow stake any altered portions of the driveway, which could become invisible to equipment operators during snowy or nighttime hours. Should snow removal equipment become disabled due to debris left in the residence driveway, the contracting party signing below will be invoiced at $125 per hour equipment rate for the time that repairs must be conducted to bring the equipment back into service. The total sum billed to the homeowner is not to exceed the cost of repairs incurred by the incident. This contract is effective November 15th, 2021 until April 30th, 2022. Snow events before um, before or after these dates fall outside the scope of this contract. So <clears throat> that last bullet point also puts um, another layer of protection in there. So our customers know upfront that if there is, if we see an obstacle in the driveway, we are not obligated to plow it, um, plow, you know, we'll plow as best we can around it. But we're not going to put ourselves um, in a position where we can potentially damage something by trying to, like, you know, plow as, you know, whatever. They know that we're coming. And there's been a couple instances where I've pulled up to quote somebody's driveway and I say, you know, your car's in the driveway right there. That's a big portion of your driveway. And the days that it snows, we need to make sure that the the car's not in the driveway. You put it in the garage or you move it someplace else if you know that we're coming. And they were really good about it. Um, and, I, you know, I've been out five or six times this year um to plow and i haven't had a problem with any of those customers they made sure that the stuff was out of the drive i haven't had a problem with any of this with any of my customers actually but um yeah so the they need to make sure that they remove stuff um from the driveway and then i think also making them responsible for damaged equipment from negligence on their part is important too because i shouldn't have to pay for something that they we're negligent about. They hired me to do this. I'm going to hold up my end of the contract and make sure I'm there to deliver the service that they paid for. If they choose to be negligent on their part and not do their due diligence to make sure that the area is clear so that I can perform my service, um, then they should be responsible for equipment um, damages. Not to say that I I don't go I don't just pull into someone's driveway and plow 
like randomly without paying attention and making sure that it's not it's safe to plow. Definitely make sure that it's safe to plow. Um, and that's definitely what we do here. But <clears throat> and should something happen, I want to be protected. So, um, yes, a moral of that story to sum it all up, I guess, um, LLC is definitely the first thing that you should do when you start a lawn care business, or at least that's what we did in our instance. It's not something you have to do. And I know that there's probably lawn care businesses owners that have been doing it for 10 or 20 or 15 years or 10, 15, 20 years, I should say, um, or longer that maybe don't have an LLC and they've not ever had a problem. That was just, like I said, that first layer of protection that I wanted for my business. Then commercial auto insurance, second layer there um, to protect my vehicles. Um, and in some instances, we we park our vehicles on the road. Um, and even if I turn my <clears throat> warning lights on on the top of the truck, my trailer sticks up higher than the truck does. Well, maybe not the new truck, but the old truck for sure. Um, it sticks up higher than the, the warning light does. So... Um, People might not, I don't know, people don't see things for whatever reason, you know. So um, if something were to happen to my equipment, my truck, my trailer, whatever, while it's parked on the road, I want to I make sure that that's covered. Um, general liability insurance, again, I wanted to make sure that I had that, that protection, and you should too. Should you throw something through somebody's window? Should you break something when you're plowing? Whatever the case is, you hurt somebody. Whether it's, I would hope it's not intentional, but whether it's intentional or unintentional, um, well, I guess general liability doesn't cover intentional, so unintentional, but like I said, hopefully you're not doing things intentionally to hurt your customers, but um, yeah, so wanted that general liability insurance to cover me for that, and then um, snow plowing was a big thing to make sure that we had income through the winter, which I'm sure if you live in the the northeast that's probably a big thing for you as well so making sure that your general liability insurance has a clause in there that covers snow removal operations even if that means you pay an extra fifty dollars a month or whatever it is um to have that it's definitely worth it especially when you put you know fifty thousand dollars into a vehicle and then you put another ten thousand dollars into your plow <clears throat> you want to make sure that you're covered in case something happens um and likewise if you damage somebody's house or their property um and then lastly, um, I wanted to just talk briefly about like what I, um, what I paid, I guess, to start my business essentially. So, um, I'm sure there was cheaper ways that I could have started my business, but I wanted to make sure that I had what I needed to, I guess, grow into my business. I didn't want to like have to keep, um, I didn't want to keep growing out of my equipment, you know, every season or halfway through the season or whatever the case is. So, um, I already said, you know, last episode I was basically gifted a free zero turn mower that I, you know, put a couple hundred dollars into as far as repairs to get it running. And then, um, I bought a cheap truck at the time because at the time we had a Jeep and we had a GMC terrain, um, neither of which were really built for hauling lawn equipment. Um, actually, that's not true. I think, Prior to getting the truck, I think I ended up, we had a, um, eight passenger van, like a Chevy express van. And I traded that in for a truck. So, and for a little bit, my wife and I, we had, we foster. So, um, we had four kids in the home, including my biological son. So, so total, we had three foster kids and my biological son. And so after getting rid of the Chevy express van, we drove two vehicles everywhere. Um, but I bought a 2002 GMC Sierra. I traded in 
um, the van for, um, which was a really good deal. It was a really good truck. It was reliable. Um, and it got me through the first season of my business. And then <clears throat> I upgraded that truck for a Ford F-150 or back to a Ford F-150 because I had one prior to that. And then at the end of this season, um, I bought a new dump trailer and to help with uh, fall cleanups. And the my mom needed four tons or four loads, whatever, four tons, I believe, of not four tons, four yards of <clears throat> topsoil um, delivered to her house for a project that she was doing. And of course, I'm going to help her out. And I was excited to use the, the dump trailer for the first time. The F-150 had a hard time with the four yards plus the weight of the, the dump trailer because I have a seven by 16 foot dump trailer. <clears throat> so um, it, it had a hard time, especially getting my mom's houses on a hill. So getting it up, backed up the driveway and onto the hill, it really struggled. So um, I figured that if I was going to be doing loads of dirt or loads of gravel or loads of mulch or whatever the case was, that I was going to need something that was going to pull a little bit more weight. So we upgraded at the end of the year, we upgraded our family vehicle to the Ram 2500 that we have now. Um, and it's, been great we love that truck so <clears throat> anyways we didn't start out with that though and like i said it's also our family vehicle so um it serves a dual purpose that's how we were able to make it work but um i spent uh forty five hundred dollars on the truck and then i like i said it was like 150 to 200 dollars to get the zero turn fixed and running and then i spent thousand dollars i believe a thousand to eleven hundred dollars at our local um ace they just built a new power equipment store um where they sell uh cub cadet they sell some toro push mowers um and they're getting stuff they're getting more stuff in there this season at the end of this year they just started selling uh billy goat which was fantastic um <clears throat> that's where i bought my debris loader from and they're super helpful but anyways um i spent like eleven hundred dollars there and i got a cub cadet push mower and then Echo stuff. I'm I'm a big Echo guy. So I bought, to start out the business, I bought an Echo, um, was it the 2620? Uh, I believe that it was 2620, 2640, whatever it is, 2620. The like multi-attachment system. So I bought the, the trimmer head, the edger head, the leaf blower uh, head, I guess, um, part to it. And then... Um, then I bought an Echo backpack blower. Actually, no, that didn't come till later. <clears throat> I had a Husqvarna one already. That's what I used to start with, um, and that was great. But it was just a residential one that we bought at Home Depot a few years prior because we have a bigger yard. <clears throat> so that's what we started out with. So roughly, I think after I bought like my, you know, Cujo Yardware shoes and all that kind of stuff, um, I spent about seven grand. Obviously, you can start a lot cheaper than that. You could put a push mower in the back end of a car, um, you know, and you can have a handheld battery-powered leaf blower, you know, to get grass clippings off this, the sidewalk. You can definitely start with, you know, whatever you have or borrow it from your, your mom, your grandparents, whatever the case is. But that was just what I did to try to help us from having to upgrade equipment, like, throughout the year, at the end of the season, whatever the case was. And then this year, we purchased our um, their Echo... 50, 
580, the PV 580, yeah, that. And then we um, we got the Echo, the 7010. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm really bad. It's late here. It's like right now while I'm recording this, it's like midnight, so uh, it's been a long day. But um, yeah, the, we got the Echo backpack blower for Leafs this year too. So, <clears throat> anyways, I know it's kind of a lot of information. Like I said, it, it, I'm sure that um, there's somebody out there who can give you this information in a lot more professional manner and maybe make it make a little bit more sense. But I just think that these are very vital pieces of starting a lawn care business. Um, the LLC, the auto insurance, the general liability insurance, the um, and then obviously if you're doing snow removal, the snow removal operations. So if you're not doing snow removal, um, you know, I guess if you're listening to this in Texas or something, they probably, they probably not need to have snow removal operations, but, um, yeah. So like I said, my, um, little liability contract form here that I have for my customers, if you uh, want to get a hold of that and just see what it looks like, use some of it, use all of it, don't use it at all, whatever the case is, you can reach out to me on Instagram, um, Facebook. Um, I believe my email is typically in the show notes as well. Um, going forward, I'm going to really try to, um, do a podcast every other Tuesday. Um, <clears throat> but I got sick. Then my mother-in-law got sick. She was really bad. Um, in the ICU. Um, then my kiddos got sick and they were home from school. So a lot of sickness is going around. So I was delayed a couple of weeks here on posting this new episode, but I'm excited to get this information out to you guys. So, um, if there's anything in the future, uh, as always, just shoot me uh, a DM on Instagram or send me an email. Let me know what you want to hear. Um, but if not, we'll see you guys in the next one.